welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And once again, we have an amazing guest on our show today. And let me tell you, we have Dr. V. And if you haven't heard of Dr. V, she's known uh, as the founder of the Breast Cancer Conqueror and the Seven Essentials System. Now, you're going to learn more about that as we go into this interview. But no, she created this, and she's also the co-founder of My Breast Friend. And I hope you got that, My Breast Friend, not my best friend. <laughs> you know, her signature process uh, has been empowered, has empowered thousands of women. And we're talking about in over 56 countries around the world. That's who our guest is today. And her mission is to save lives one breast at a time. Give a round of applause as we bring in Dr. V to All Talk Oncology. Thank you for having me, Kenny. This is going to be great. Come on, Dr. V. I mean, how can it not be great? We have you on our show today. <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing my message of hope with your audience. Oh, for sure. Dr. V, thank you so much for joining us here today. And I'm super excited because you have a, a long history and of helping individuals and you've been through a lot yourself. You know, so tell us, tell us a little bit about Dr. V. Who is Dr. V? How does she get to this point? You know, what, what's going to enlighten us? So Dr. V is a a French Canadian, um, she started off as a confused little girl who did not know what she wanted to do with her life. Um, you know, basically grew up in a very toxic environment, alcoholic parents and sexual abuse and um, learned about chiropractic and chiropractic was really like a shining light. It really gave me hope for a better life, better life, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And so I decided to become a chiropractor and bring wellness to the world. And three years into my practice, uh, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he was given no hope and basically sent home to die within six weeks. He was, he, they gave him the death sentence, you'll be dead in, within six weeks. And to the day he died, you know, six weeks. And, you know, losing a parent is never easy. Um, I knew, you know, I knew that the body had an amazing ability to heal, but I really didn't know much about cancer. And, you know, the doctors, you know, offered him zero, zero hope at all. And so back then, 1983, no internet. Um, so I just, you know, went to the library, started doing research and discovered that, you know, there was ways to be able to reverse cancer. Um, that, you know, for my father was too late because it was a very aggressive cancer. But there were things that could have been done to perhaps, you know, help his quality of life. So, you know, I took that information and started applying it in my practice and started seeing people uh, reverse rheumatoid arthritis, MS, come in in a wheelchair, literally in a wheelchair, and within six months we're walking. Um, you know, all, all kinds of autoimmune diseases, cancer, children with all kinds of illnesses. And it's because they were applying the laws of nature, the law, you know, the principles that will um, teach you to, you know, to understand how the body works. And when you give it what it needs, then you remove the toxic burdens. The body has an amazing capacity to heal. And so, um, that was, you know, that was my life. I was the wellness warrior 
And uh, 25 years into my practice, I'm in the shower doing a breast exam and bam, felt the lump that changed the course of my life forever, professionally and personally, because I was the wellness warrior. How could somebody like me develop breast cancer? And, uh, you know, I had home births. I was eating organic before organic was in style. I was taking good care of myself. But obviously something in my body was out of balance because cancer is just a symptom. It's not the cause. So I knew that there was something out of balance in my body and I had to dig deep to fix it. And like any other woman, I was, there were times when I was fearful and frustrated and afraid and confused, but I, I went back to my principles of health and healing. And I said, okay, what do I need to do? And how am I going to organize my life? so that my body has the ability to heal. And that's when I created the seven essentials, you know, seven steps that if you follow, you never have to fear cancer again or, or any dis-ease for that matter. Sure. Well, that's, that's quite a bit. I mean, that's quite a bit, Dr. V. You go from finding a lump, finding a lump your father has been diagnosed and he has pancreatic cancer. And we all know that, you know, pancreatic cancer is a, uh, is one of the deadliest. And so now you come across this lump and, and a lot of people, Dr. V really underestimate the power of self-examination. And I say that I said the power of self-examination because you have control of that. What is your thought on self-examination for, for people to kind of pre-screen themselves? That's such an important tool to have at your disposal. So, you know, if you do regular screenings, be it mammograms, thermograms, ultrasounds, whatever you do, you do that typically once a year, every six months, but there's still 364 days of the year where your breast tissue can change. And um, I always did breast exams because my mom had breast cancer. And so I was just kind of aware of that. And then several years ago, um, a friend of mine who was a manufacturer of this breast model um, that I'm looking pointing to the camera right now. So this is this is called My Breast Friend. Now this model originated with the Mammacare Foundation and this was created with the help of the um, National Cancer, no, the, I'm sorry, the National, the, anyway, federal grants <laughs> were helped to, to create this and with the University of Gainesville. And this model was designed to train clinicians, physicians and nurses on how to do a proper breast exam. And so there's four distinct lumps in the model. It's nodular like a breast uh, tissue is. And it's clinically been proven that this model can really help sensitize the pads of the finger so you know what you're feeling for. Mm. So, the, so we took that model, made it look pretty, and because the manufacturer asked me to take this to the general public. So women would have the ability to learn from this model. So it comes with uh, an instructional video and a little booklet, but this is really fascinating to me. You know, The average size lump that a woman finds when she's not trained in a proper breast exam is the size of a ping pong ball. As she gets more proficient, and trains on this model, she can find something the size of a pea. And we know when it's small like that and it hasn't spread, that life expectancy 
is over 15 years and 80%. So your odds of survival are much greater when you find something small than when you just happen to find it and it's the size of a ping pong ball already. You know, that's pretty interesting, Dr. V. You said something about training your fingers. So without training, let's say, right? We go in here, we fill our breasts. We may, what you're saying is that we may miss a lump that may be there at different sizes. It's not until something kind of pops out at us. And what you're saying, usually untrained fingers, that pops out when it's already too big. Is that, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Because how do you know what a, what a suspicious lump feels like unless you've been trained to know? And that's what the model teaches you. It teaches you that, oh, that's what it feels like versus my breast tissue. So it teaches you what to feel for, how to feel, because you don't just poke around with the tips of your fingers. You have to use the pads and where it's not just the breast tissue, but you have to go up into the collarbone, armpit, underneath, all the way down into the nipple, like all the way down to the chest wall and on the sternum. So it's a whole training training system that really has made such an impact on, on women who you know, use it properly and follow the, the instructions. For sure. For sure. Let me ask this. And, th and this is kind of, you know, a little bit off the wall. It's, it's off the wall but not, not really, you know, men get diagnosed with cancer, right? And it's a rare, it's rare. Breast cancer in men is rare, but it happens. Is that something that men could actually utilize too, to kind of feel, does that kind of apply in both ways? Absolutely. Over 400 men a year die of breast cancer. And men don't think to do a breast exam. Men don't right. get mammograms, right? Right. And so it's it's a very useful tool for men and also for couples. You know, if a, a man knows what to feel for in a woman's breast, he's going to be able to detect something perhaps more easily than she does if she's not paying attention. Great point, Dr. V. Great point. You know, you know, married couples. Right. I mean, let's not let's not play around here. I mean, you, you're touching your wife here. Right. I mean. So if that's the case, you may be the one that discovers this. And so awareness, how, how important is that, Dr. V, the awareness about these things are out there? Very, very important to be able to. And it's very empowering because women are never trained to do a, a proper exam. You know, they're trained to just go get their mammograms or go see their doctor. And, um, you know, they're they're not being trained to you know, to tell them it's okay to feel your breasts and this is how you do it properly. So I'm really grateful and very excited about this training system because I, I believe it's going to change a lot of lives. Key question for everyone, right? Because we see so many things and I don't ever want to do that. I, you know, we see things that, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Where can someone find this, Dr. V? My, my, my breast friend, where can we find that? <laughs> Mybreastfriend.com. Okay. I love it. I love it. You know, Dr. V, um, by the way, I love your smile, by the way. You know, I just, I just want to say that on camera, you know, Thank you. Thank yeah, you. for sure. You know, Dr. V, you inspire women, you know, to help, help themselves. And, you know, you've come up with some, a process. We're talking about the seven essentials, right? The seven essential system. 
talk to us a little bit about that and how that works for, for your clients. Well, it's, a, it's the system that um, from the very beginning, when they sign up as a client, they answer a 15-page questionnaire that gives us an idea of where they are in relationship to that. So the seven essentials is very foundational. So number one is let food be your medicine. And we know that you get to feed the cancer or feed your body, you have a choice. And so we educate our clients on avoiding uh, sugars and, and refined carbohydrates and avoiding GMO foods and toxic um, you know, processed foods, all those things. I mean, that's foundational. Uh, number two is to reduce your toxic exposure. We live in a toxic world. There's no denying that, but there's steps that you can take to reduce that. You know, look at what you have in your home. Uh, are you using artificial sprays and artificial candles? Uh, what are you putting on your body? Is it full of uh, chemicals, cancer-causing chemicals? Uh, you know, so, you know, simple little things like that that you can do to reduce your toxic exposure and to learn how to Detox your body, you know, sweating, saunas, exercising, rebounding, coffee enemas, um, all kinds of things that you can do to detox the body. You know, Dr. V, I, I, and I don't want to cut you off because these are seven. You, <laughs> okay. you, just, cut, you just covered two. But I, I do. These are exciting and, and intriguing because when a patient gets diagnosed with cancer, right? And I don't care what cancer it may be. We're now, we're, we're talking about, you know, breasts right now, but regardless, mm -hmm. you know, you don't realize, I mean, it's a shocker. So you don't necessarily think, okay, what about my food and my diet? Um, you know, how do I, let me change that up right now. Like, I mean, typically people continue on with what they're doing uh, as they're getting treatments for their cancer that they've been newly diagnosed with, right? So help me, help us with that. Okay, so how do you bridge that? So we've been <clears throat> trained um, when, to think when we, as soon as we get that cancer diagnosis, what's the first thing that comes into our mind? Our mind? Fear. Bald head, right? Yeah. Fear, sick, death, and dying. Yes. It does not have to be that way. And that's part of our mission is so that people do not have to fear cancer. Yes, it's a, it's a shock. It's, it's, you know, some people get post-traumatic syndrome as a, rest of, uh, you know, as a result of it. But when you understand what cancer is and what cancer is not, it removes the fear and it shows you how much power you have to heal your body. Now, that's not to say that 100% of our clients live and thrive. No, some people die but a good majority of them thrive and survive in spite of their diagnosis. For example, just the other day, uh, one of our clients, uh, we were on our group coaching call and she joined us uh, a year ago. She had meths to the spine, uh, fluid in her lungs. Um, you know, I think she was moving into stage four, obviously. And uh, she started our program and she, you know, she did some conventional treatments. Um, but she's, there's no evidence of disease anymore. She's like bones have healed, lungs are clear, markers are normal. So these things are possible. And, and, you know, my, my book says heal breast cancer naturally, but you can still use conventional treatments minimally 
to put out the fire if there's you know if there's something that's really aggressive yes you know take advantage of that you don't have to do full strength chemotherapy there's something called low dose chemo you know insulin potentiating therapy ipt where you only use 10% of the chemo and less toxic but it still kills the cancer cells yeah. um so there's you know there's so many options out there and and there's more and more people like me that are sharing this message so that people don't have to fear that cancer like it's a death sentence. It doesn't have to be that. For sure. For sure, Dr. V. I mean, it's, uh, you know, getting hit with that news uh, definitely death is terrifying. And so thinking, of, thinking that food can be of, an, of assistance is far is far from the belief system. So that's why I wanted to reiterate that and come back to that uh, on why, why that was important. Because you don't think that, you know, I, I don't know if you're like, oh my goodness, I, I have cancer. Let me change my diet. That's not what you think. <laughs> and, and just to that point, yeah. chemo, like if you walk into a chemotherapy suite, what are they feeding these, these people? Cokes? you know, sugar drinks, candies, donuts, oh, it doesn't matter what you eat, but they're not telling them that sugar feeds cancer. Cancer yeah. cells do not breathe oxygen. They feed on glucose, on blood sugar. So the, and they have more insulin receptor sites on their cells than our, than our, than our healthy cells. A PET scan, you get injected with radioactive glucose. What lights up first? The cancer. So cancer cells get fed first when it comes to sugar. So that should be the first thing that doctors are telling their patients, stop eating sugar. Yeah. And Dr. V, that, 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 that aligns with our, one of our guests we had, Dr. Peter Ash. Dr. Peter Ash is a triple board certified medical oncologist and a hematologist and internal medicine. And on the show, uh, he talked about sugar feeding cancer. He says sugar doesn't cause cancer, but it feeds the cancer. So uh, you're right in line with that. Uh, okay. So I apologize, Dr. V, for, for cutting you off, but I, I do wanted to, I did want to talk about food. We talked about the second one, reducing some of the toxins, uh, the exposure. Um, can you, can you give a couple of examples on how someone could reduce their toxic uh, exposure? So look at what you're using in your home. Um, you know, I mentioned the sprays and the artificial candles, mm. um, the cleaning agents, you know, there's hundreds of chemicals in typical cleaning agents that are cancer causing. Um, so you, you know, there's no excuse anymore. You can go to any local grocery store and find natural biodegradable organic cleaning products. You know, I mean, back in the day, I used to have to make my own. Now, you know, you can go to the store and buy them. Yeah. Um, Look at what you're putting on your skin, because if you're putting cancer-causing chemicals, that's absorbed directly into your, into your bloodstream. And your body's like a sponge. It's going to build up, build up, build up. And unless you detox that and stop the exposure, it's gonna, it could possibly trigger some uh, cancer-causing genes. Yes. And number three, and we're talking seven essentials. I want to reiterate that to, to our listeners. Dr. V has come up with a, a system, uh, seven essential system, and we are now moving to number three. Number three, Dr. V, talk to us. 
is to balance your energy. So we're one billionth physical matter. The rest of us is all energy. We are electrical beings, you know, our heart, our brain, our acupuncture meridian system, we're all electricity. And so what do you do to balance that? So chiropractic care, acupuncture, exercise, proper sleep. The key one for balancing your energy here is balancing your hormones. And that applies to men and women. But specifically for breast cancer, you want to make sure that your hormones are, are, are balanced because if you are estrogen dominant and you don't have enough progesterone, that could possibly be a trigger for cancer. Um, if you're, you know, if you have a genetic weakness that prevents you from breaking down your estrogens properly, that could trigger cancer. And then look at all the chemicals that um, mimic and stimulate estrogen in the body. We call those we call those um, xenoestrogens or chemical estrogens, and you know, avoid those at all costs, like plastics and phthalates and parabens metals in your teeth, you know, those are metalloestrogens that can mimic and stimulate estrogen in the body. So just, you know, be aware of that for, for your hormones. And so energy hormones, you know, these are things that can get out of whack. And so you're saying there's ways to get them back in line. Right. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, we go through life, you know, Dr. V, I mean, here I am, right. I'm, I'm a young guy. Um, even as a kid, right? We go, we go out and play, we come in, we go to school. Okay, now I'm in, I'm in the junior high, I go I play sports, you know, blah, 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 you move up. Okay, you're in high school. There's no, let me talk to you about your alignment and your energy. I don't remember <laughs> reading that in class, Dr. V. I don't remember, you know? So, and I, I think my point is, how do you learn these things? If you never taught them, how do you, how do you know what you don't know? That's a great question. And that's part of your, you know, your, your podcast, you yeah. know, you're educating people, you're bringing this to, to the forefront. And that's sure. what I do. And that's what thousands of other people do. You know, we're seeing more and more information about health and healing. I mean, I've been in this industry for 40 some years and, wow. you know, it's changed a lot and it's, it's wonderful to see more and more information. Yes. Moving Dr. Dr. V to number four, talk to us about number four, Dr. V. Healing the emotional wounds. Now, if I were to start over, I think I would put that at number one because <laughs> uh, I really believe that 80% of the healing occurs between the ears. Mm. Um, you know, I've seen women with the same diagnosis, same circumstances, same everything one dies, one thrives. And um, it, it has to do with, you know, their, their ability to handle stress, their desire, their belief system, their feeling like, am I worthy to survive this or do I deserve to die? You know, so you have to really dig deep into those subconscious beliefs that go back to childhood. Yes. Um, so it's all about healing that little wounded child, um, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, loving yourself, loving others. It's a whole way of, you know, looking at your life, um, managing your stress, because we know that stress is the number one killer and it, it, it stimulates the growth of cancer. So we, we, you know, really encourage our clients to look at those emotional wounds, work with therapists, psychologists, use tools like EFT, emotional freedom technique, um, 
heart math app, which helps you to balance your, your nerve system more effectively. I mean, there's all kinds of tools out there now to help you heal emotionally. I love it, Dr. V. I love it. I love it. Come on, let's keep keep them going, Dr. V. We're we're getting there. Okay, number five. Yes. Embrace biological dentistry. And what the heck is biological dentistry? Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) So biological dentist is going to understand the connection between your teeth and your health, you know, your oral microbiome and how it affects the rest of your body. So your teeth are connected to all your organs through the acupuncture meridian system. So if there's a hunk of metal or root canal on number 14 breast meridian, for example, that can affect the flow of energy to that breast. A silver filling is 50% mercury and mercury is one of the most toxic substances on the planet. Every time you brush your teeth, every time you eat, you're creating methylmercury vapors, suppresses the immune system, causes cancer. Uh, root canals. Root canals are dead organs, basically. And no matter how clean you try to make them, there's always a pocket of anaerobic bacteria that drip toxins into the body. So a biological dentist understands all that and will do things properly to clean up the environment in your mouth. And there's always, always a dental connection to any type of cancer. So, you know, now, Dr. V, we've we've seen, I've, I've gone to my dentist and you know, now they're replacing the feelings that we had years ago with, with a porcelain now, I want to say, mm-hmm. you know, so that is now removing the mercury from your, from your body. You, you think that it comes with a little bit of the association, a little bit of understanding of progression in, in the uh, medical field? If they're doing it properly. And so you know, a biological dentist, well, actually, they're called smart dentists, S-M-A-R-T. They've, they've done the training for, you know, amalgam removal technique. I mean, it's very, very precise. You have to have high um, filters, you know, mercury filters in the room. You have to literally almost wear a hazmat suit, a rubber dam in your mouth. So none of that goes into your, you know, you don't swallow it. It doesn't touch the rest of your mouth. So there's, there's a, a very precise uh, methodology to get that done properly. Okay. I love it. Talk to us. Moving all right, on. number six. Number yeah. six is the, all the therapeutic plants and herbs, all the supplements that can boost your immune system and weaken the cancer cells. Mm. So, you know, very basic. If you just look at vitamin D, for example, vitamin D can decrease your breast cancer risk by 83%. And we're not talking like normal levels of 20 because I see those labs all the time. Oh, my doctor said my levels were normal. No, you want between 80 and 100 NG per ml for your vitamin D levels. Um, Minerals like zinc, selenium, magnesium, those are a must for your immune system. Uh, Then you can get into therapeutic things like high dose vitamin C, ozone therapy, um, wormwood, different products like poly MBA or solicinium. These are all things that affect specific pathways of the cancer cells and they're cytotoxic. They kill the cancer cell without killing the patient. They're non-toxic. So many, so many different ways of approaching it. And you know, Dr. V being in here 20, being here, when I say here, being in the medical field specifically 
um, the can cancer, uh, cancer industry, radiation oncology. So much has evolved uh, that are, as they say, homeopathic types of treatments. And so, and what we're seeing, what we're seeing now is a blend of both of them, um, as we, as you talked about before. So this is great, Dr. V. And uh, I didn't want to cut you off, but these, again, everyone that's listening, we're talking about the seven essential system here. Dr. V is now moving on to number seven. Talk to us, Dr. V. The number seven is adopting very early detection and um, for breast cancer, we know that you know the pink month is the, the first line of early detection is what they recommend is mammography. Um, I'm not a fan of mammography. I'm not telling you not to get a mammogram because obviously there's women that find their lumps through a mammogram, but mammography has a lot of radiation, a lot of compression. And there has been many studies that have shown that consistent um, low dose radiation like that can trigger DNA damage and possibly breast cancer. A 25 year Canadian study done on 90,000 women, 25 years now, they found that mammography did not reduce breast cancer mortality rate, not even by 1%. So what do you do? Even if you choose mammography, and then, you know, let's sidetrack here to dense breasts, you know, it's been known that dense the, the biggest predictor of failure for mammography is dense breasts. And fortunately now, at least they're categorizing women's dense breasts. So they know if they have dense breasts and you know the mammogram may not be as accurate or effective for them so that they're aware of it. But if you choose a, a, a mammogram, make sure you back it up with an ultrasound because the ultrasound is going to be able to detect different structures and see things differently than the mammogram. And then there's thermography. Thermography is, um, is a tool that reads the infrared heat coming off the body. So it's a, it's a test of physiology. It looks to see if there's any changes in the physiology of the breast tissue. So if there's inflammation, and we know when there's inflammation, there's more heat, it's gonna show up red on the, on the scan. So it's a, it's a great tool like anything else. It's not 100% accurate, but back it up with ultrasound. Uh, so those are, you know, some of the simple ways to, to practice early detection for breast tissue. Um, and then there's blood tests, all kinds of blood tests outside of conventional medicine that can detect inflammation, that can detect cancer cells at a very early stage, that can detect cancer DNA methylation in the blood and actually determine if you have cancer. They're called liquid biopsies. So... It's, it's exciting to see that because now we don't have to rely just on certain things that have not been as accurate, let's say, over the last few decades. Now there's new tools that are coming out that are much more proactive. Yeah. So much, so much out here. And, you know, it's all, and then let's, let's, the root, the root behind all of it is that we're dealing with something as horrific as cancer. And so what we're, Dr. V is here on our show today is helping you to see that explore all your options, right? Dr. V, it's fair to say that explore all your options and make sure that you're giving yourself the best fighting chance uh, to go against this, this beast. 
And so this is, this is great education, Dr. V. Um, again, um, all talk oncology is not here to, we're not doctors, we're not here to diagnose or things like that. Um, but we do want to empower through education. And so Dr. V is on our show today. She's talking about the seven essential system. So thank you, Dr. V. Now, moving on, Dr. V, I, you know, there's a question that a lot of people come up with. You know, hormones, you know, do women's do women hormones cause cancer, Dr. V? I mean, that's that's a I mean, we're home, we're homogenic, right? I mean, we're, we're, we all have hormones, right? Does hormones cause cancer? Very good question. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, conventional medicine has really vilified women's hormones uh, and even men's hormones when it comes to prostate cancer. Um, so the key to understand is, for example, to help you to understand. So if, if our hormones cause cancer, every 20 year old on the planet would be developing cancer. Right? <laughs> As women go through menopause or men go through andropause, what happens? Their hormones start going down a little bit. What happens to their body? They, they get brain fog, they, their muscle mass goes down, um, you know, they put on some belly fat, they become incontinent, you know, these are all signs that the hormones are out of balance. So what happens when you take medications that completely shut down a woman's uh, hormones, then, you know, it can, it can cause havoc to the immune system, to the brain, to the bones, to the cardiovascular system. I mean, some of the medications that are used to suppress women's hormones are, are you know, class 2B carcinogens classified by the American Cancer Society and the World Health Organization. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. So, you know, I've seen women develop secondary cancers when they're on drug, you know, SERM, S-E-R-M, SERM, like tamoxifen or AI aromatase inhibitor drugs. And it's a sad thing to see because they're all miserable when they're on that medication. Mm. Now, not to, I'm not saying don't you know, stop taking your medication. Sometimes it may be necessary for a short window, but long-term balance your hormones, look at your chemical estrogen exposure, get healthy, eat better, manage your lifestyle and your body will thank you for it. Yeah. You know, Dr. V, when you said that last sentence, I was just, like a light went off in my head. You said, manage your lifestyle. And, you know, there's a responsibility there now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so now it takes, it takes, or it takes the pressure off of you and, and puts it back on me that I have to take control of what I'm doing. I'm taking control of my diet. I'm taking control of what is around me and what I'm putting into my system and the environment I'm, I'm in. And it's interesting, Dr. V, I, and I say this honestly, you know, there's so much going on in the world today that can affect us. But if you're being diagnosed, if, you're, if you have been diagnosed with cancer, then that puts you in an automatic seat that you have to take direct action. Would you agree with that? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, what I tell our clients is cancer is a turning point. Mm. It's a turning point in our lives. You know, it's a fork in the road and you get to choose how you're going to deal with it. You're, you can be the victim or you can learn to be the victor. 
of, of this of this journey. And I, I tell you, I've seen it time and time again. Women tell me all the time, cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me because I turned my life around. I'm happier and I'm healthier than I ever have been. Yes. You know, and I say that so often, Dr. V, to my client and, you know, and to, and to those who listen, the way you start is not the way you're going to end up. You know, this cancer, you know, being diagnosed with cancer will make you look into who you are as a person. It, it just, it's just so weird on how that happens. And, and it's just a lot of introspective work. We're talking about diets and everything else that takes place and, you know, the seven essentials, but all of that has to do with a lot of internal work. And as you, as you brought out here um, in number four, your emotional wounds. So that's again, more internal work. So thank you, Dr. V for, for, you know, highlighting a lot of these things. And I think for those that are listening in, this is great. These, these are gems. Dr. V is dropping on us today. But moving on a little bit, Dr. V, what I do want to discuss with you is some of the myths, you know, some of the myths that are out there. Uh, plant estrogens are dangerous and should be avoided. What is, what is your thought? And talk a little bit about that. So most oncologists will tell women, stay away from soy, stay away from, you know, plant estrogens. Plant estrogens are very protective and can have an opposite effect um, in the sense that they protect the estrogen receptor sites. Um, they help to break down those aggressive estrogens in the bloodstream and help to get them out of the body much more quickly. So things like ground flaxseed. There was an interesting study, uh, University of Toronto, and this was many years ago, they, um, they gave women a muffin with five teaspoons of ground flaxseed. And it was probably made with white flour and sugar, but nonetheless, you know, it had the ground flaxseed in it. And they fed them that for 30 days. They measured their markers before and after, and they were getting ready to have surgery, you know, mastectomies, lumpectomies. And they found that after 30 days, the markers and the size of the tumors were reduced from 30 to 73% just in 30 days, five teaspoons of ground flaxseed. So that's pretty, that's pretty powerful evidence. And there's you know, many, many more studies, but that's just a simple one. Uh, so don't be afraid of plant estrogens. Uh, fermented soy uh, is perfectly fine. You know, I don't recommend you drink a lot of soy milk, uh, but you know, fermented foods like tofu, uh, the whole edamame is very, very protective you know, Asian cultures that have relied on, on, on soybeans for thousands of years traditionally have a lower rate of breast cancer until they start eating a more westernized diet. So, um, you know, those foods can be very protective. Another, another myth that, you know, you hear, hear around is the Barak gene is a death sentence for yeah, breast cancer. So yeah, so BRCA, the BRCA gene, um, women don't realize that it's a, it's a tumor suppressor gene, okay? It's a good gene, and less than 5% is actually, you know, familial and, and mutated that way. But your genes and your DNA is not your destiny. You can have a weakness in a genetic, um, you know, genetic SNP 
But if you don't trigger that weakness, that may never express itself. And that's been shown time and time again. Uh, Dr. Dean Ornish, MD, did a lot of studies on epigenetics and the influence of lifestyle, food, meditation on men with prostate cancer. And he found that when they changed their lifestyle and applied these principles, they turned on hundreds of cancer protective genes and turned off the cancer inducing genes. So, you know, we know that, you know, we have a huge effect on our genetic expression. And so unfortunately, you know, Angelina Jolie, <clears throat> you know, I don't, don't judge her. She lived in fear because she saw her mom die a terrible death with cancer. Um, but it, it created this, this hysteria about, oh, I've got the BRCA gene, I have to cut my breasts off. That's, that's not the right thing to do. You know, it's not, I shouldn't say the right thing to do. Everybody's got that choice. But, you know, cutting off the breast is not going to necessarily prevent you from developing a cancer in the body if you do not change your lifestyle and don't turn on that particular gene to express itself. Mm. That's a complex one, right? And I, I think, I think, and it's a sensitive one, mm -hmm. right, Dr. V? Because if I'm a woman and I've learned that this, I have this gene, you know, the, the BR, BRCA gene, right? And I go in and they call them, I think, pre-vivers, right? Uh, the pre-vivers now are removing uh, their breasts if they, if they, test positive for that. And so if you're saying now, well, you don't necessarily have to do that. Maybe that's extreme. Oh, that's a, that's a sensitive one. <laughs> it is very sensitive, right? It is very sensitive, you know, and, and some women feel very confident in doing that as did Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and it's definitely a personal choice. All I, all I'm requesting of, of your audience is to, you know, make an informed decision, you know, mm. do the research, you know, we know so much more about epigenetics and nutrigenomics now, and that those genes may not necessarily be expressed, you know, so, for example, in my family, um, you know, I have a sister who's a type two diabetic, I've got, when you look at my genetic uh, SNPs, I could easily be a type two diabetic, because I've got all the markers for it, but I'm not because I manage my lifestyle. She doesn't, she overeats, she doesn't exercise. I do. And mm. so, you know, it's the expression of the genes. Yeah. Great point, Dr. V on that. Uh, great point on, again, it goes back to our choices, uh, what, we're, what we're putting into our body. We can continue to live uh, in a way that we, we do what we want as far as diet, dietary, or we can take a decisive action and watch how what we put into our body, which can prolong ourselves, right? Prolong our life. It's a great point, which moves right into our next myth that I have here. It says that your diet does not increase your breast cancer risk. You want to discuss a little bit on that? So I, I have clients coming back and saying, you know, my oncologist said it doesn't matter what I eat. I can eat ice cream and pizza, you know, and it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because, you know, we've said it before, we know that sugar drives cancer, it drives those that mTOR pathway, you know, those specific pathways that turn on those cancer cells. So yes, your diet absolutely has a huge impact on your body's ability to heal. 
And the last one here, uh, when a woman is declared cancer-free by her doctor, uh, she does not have to worry about cancer ever coming back again. That's, that's a big one. And that's a hard one for me because it breaks my heart when I see these women come to us um, like the woman I, I discussed who had the, you know, the Mets. I mean, they're told, go live your life. You're cancer free. You never have to worry about cancer again. But what they're not telling them is, guess what? You can have a teeny tiny tumor that's four millimeters small that we, not, we will not detect on our PET scan or, or CT scan. Um, it's not going to show up in your blood work. And so we encourage our patients, our clients to look at what we call circulating tumor cells and stem cells and inflammatory markers. If you've got lots of inflammation in the body, you may be actively producing cancer cells, you know, looking at the immune system to make sure that it's functioning properly. So you always, once you've been through cancer, you always have to be vigilant and keep testing you know every six months every year to make sure that your body is in fact not producing more cancer very nice dr v thank you thank you so much for you know touching on some of these myths and uh giving us uh, your answer from your point of view it's very important it's very important that you know everyone has uh the options of understanding their treatments uh, of how they're going to go about it. Dr. V, you are not only a physician, uh, chiropractic, someone who has uh, helped women through the seven essential system, but you're off. You're also an author. You want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. So, um, you know, as I started on this journey, I never imagined uh, I'd be teaching women all over the world. So I wrote a book, put it, this is the second edition, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally, Seven Essential Steps to Beating Breast Cancer. And, you know, it's, it's a book, not just about healing breast cancer, it's a book about getting healthy. You know, you follow the seven essentials, you're going to improve your lifestyle, you're going to improve your health overall. You can apply those steps to any type of dis-ease in the body. Um, so it's, it's really, it's a workbook. I mean, it's, it's very simple. It's, it has over 700 published studies, so references. So it's evidence-based. It's not just stuff I'm pulling out of the air, but it's based on science. Yeah. And that, that's, that's important, right, Dr. V, is that you can back up some of the things that you have said um, with medical research, and, and that's 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 powerful. And so, Dr. V, I thank you so much for coming on All Talk Oncology today because you have you have given us some gifts, uh, some gems, right? You've given us told us about the seven essentials. You shown your book and helping us to see. You also brought the my breast friend. And enlighten us on that too. You know that that that's enlightening for me too. I had no idea. And then for those that uh, that are married, you husbands, this can benefit you too. If you, I mean, you know your wife's body also. So my breast friend may be something that can help you to help your wife. So what a great what a great tool. And again, causing or not causing, but just bringing awareness. Uh, to the community. This is what this is all about. 
we want to make sure that on your cancer journey that you have all the essential tools that you can uh, so that you can put yourself in the best posi position to fight back. So Dr. V, thank you so much for joining us on All Talk Oncology. You are the best. Again, love your smile. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kenny. It's been, it's been wonderful sharing my message of hope. And, and for those of you, if this, you know, that are listening, if this is all new information for you, please don't be overwhelmed. You know, if you do one thing, one thing at a time, just stop the sugar, that can, can turn things around for you. So it's a process. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. <laughs> I want to thank Dr. V for joining us on All Talk Oncology today. It was a nice way to look at things from a different lens. You know, All Talk Oncology encompasses all of that. We want to make sure that you're getting all of the tools that you potentially can, can need in order to fight against this horrific disease called cancer. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.